word. Amen. How many of you know we need, we need the word of God? Um, you know, the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. His word will never pass away. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Amen. In other words, the word will show you where you're at. It'll be a lamp to your feet and it'll illuminate where God wants to take you. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. That means we don't, we don't have to be stressed over uh, the direction of our life. The Bible says the steps of the righteous man are ordered by God. You know what? Some of you say, eh, you know, I came here. I'm not sure about this church or whatever. Well, guess what? The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. You may, you in your mind or in your heart even, you may not have known that you needed to be here today, uh, but you're here. And so, I mean, I, I, I take those things as being, you know, on purpose. Uh, sometimes we don't know uh, the purpose but we can glean everything that God is trying to get across to us uh, if, we, if we'll uh, put our uh, focus on him. So any, anyhow, um, so the word of God is uh, extremely important. Uh, there's nothing else more important than the word of God. In fact, the Bible says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. And then it says this about Jesus, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. And we beheld the glory of God in his son, Jesus. So uh, God and his word are one, which is why it's extremely important that we get an understanding of the word of God and uh, that we uh, get a revelation, not just understanding, but revelation. You know, uh, Paul, when he prayed over the church at Ephesus in chapter one or chapter one of the book of Ephesians, he prayed that God would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he prayed for wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. And that's, that's what we need. We need all of those things. Uh, <clears throat> I have been, uh, like I said, we've been two days of healing school. Tonight, we will have a miracle healing service over in Shawnee where we minister uh, to those that are sick. If, you're, if, you, if you know someone who's sick and needs a, a miracle, uh, bring them tonight. I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely worth the trip. Uh, so you might say, well, it's a long drive. It'll be, it'll be worth it for you to go, especially if someone's in need of healing. If you desire for the Lord to use you in a ministry uh, of healing, if you desire for there to be an anointing upon your life to minister healing to the sick, I'd, get, I'd go to this meeting, and I would allow the anointing that is uh, there to stir something up in you, to stir you up uh, in, that, in that area. Uh, but uh, either way, I would I would try to come. If you if you want to see uh, uh, if you want to see the spectacle, I would go. go ahead, man. There's in other words, there's no reason not to go. Um, unless you're going to heckle, then don't come. But but you know what? If you're going to heckle, that might be cool too. Because I'm pretty good at I'm pretty good at coming back. So anyhow, come on. Anyway, praise the Lord. But uh, I won't be ugly. Um, I'm usually pr fairly nice, um, unless, you know, I have a screamer and, you know, ah, and then we haul him out, but Ted used to carry him out. He just barely carry himself anymore, but anyhow, <laughs> we'll find somebody. We'll find somebody. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. Well, let's, we're going to receive our tithe and our offering. And, um, I want to, I want to take a few moments to talk about, uh, to talk about these things and, um, I want to I want to make sure that every, everybody is here and, and can can hear this. So is everybody hearing me all over the building and all over the place? If you could, if you're in the building, there there you definitely need to hear this. Um, as a church, 
you know, some, sometimes because, um, well, there are a lot of reasons why people, um, why people uh, uh, take on negative thoughts and negative thinking. But open your Bibles to the book of, of uh, 2 Corinthians, real quick, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> Ooh. You know, there's, a, there's some other stuff that I'm... He's Jehovah Sneaky. I'm telling you, he's Jehovah Sneaky. The Lord tricks me, man. He, I, I'm thinking, I think we're going to go through something quick, and then he's, he's actually trying to get something across to us. And, um, so I may not go through this quick. This may be what we talk about here today. Thank you, Debbie. <clears throat> so we, we believe in God's... How many of you believe that God, uh, wants, to, and that God wants to bless you? Amen. How many of you believe that he has blessed you? In fact, that's if in Ephesians, the Bible says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So not only does God want to bless us, but he, he's, he's already blessed us. You say, well, if he's blessed me, why does it seem like I'm cursed? That's a good question. It's a question you probably need to ask yourself. You know, the Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse. In the book of Galatians, Christ has redeemed us from the curse, being made a curse for us. For the word says, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And he became a curse for us when he hung on the cross. Amen. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. Jesus did a whole lot when he hung on that cross. And he didn't do it for himself. He did it for us. You know what? You, those of you that are sitting here today in this church, you, maybe you get the impression or you get the idea that he did it for you because you attend church. He didn't just do it for you. The Bible says, for God so loved the, the entire world that he gave. Amen. And so everything that he's done for us, he's done for those that aren't here today. He's done for those that were out partying at the club last night. He's done it for those that are incarcerated. He's, you know, the, 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 the most, the most, despicable, deplorable person on planet earth, that one that sits on death row for committing the most heinous of crimes. Jesus died for them for the forgiveness of their sins and so that they could walk under the blessing and not the curse. Are y'all hearing me today? And that's, that's hard for some people to, in the church to digest. You know, somehow or another, we get this impression, we get this idea that God did these things, and he, and he did it for only those who are faithful. No, it, it, it only works for those that believe, those that accept it, but he did it for everyone. It's God's will for mankind to be blessed. And not curse. So a, a part of the blessing, when God created man, God created man and he never intended for man to take care of himself. God always intended to take care of man. For some reason, we've, we're just, we've just got it in our heads that, that you know, God's not going to do it. And we need to take care of ourselves. And so um, uh, these, these are mindsets that have to be broke. The, the number one reason why people don't walk in the fullness of God's blessing is because their mind won't allow them to do it. Their mind won't allow them to do it. And so um, let, let's read this, uh, this uh, verse of scripture here. Oh, there's so much. This week. Can you tell there's a bunch going through my spirit right now? Um, before we read that second Corinthians, <laughs> before we read that second Corinthians, can we read in first Corinthians? Go to first Corinthians two first and let's read that. First Corinthians chapter two. 
And uh, I'll try to read it in the English Standard Version. I, I know these things, uh, um, usually I quote them in King James, and so I might butcher it a little bit. But anyway, uh, if, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says this, verse 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And again, I don't like the way that that is said. King James says it this way, as it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. There was, there was one time, if you're a believer here today, there was one time in your life where your eye hadn't seen and your ear hadn't heard and it hadn't even entered into your heart the things that God had prepared for you uh, in your life. Amen. Because you are, uh, you are the beloved of God. He loves you. And so, eye hadn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither is in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10, look what it says. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Amen. Uh, King James says, but God has revealed those things to us by his Spirit. Look what it says. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no man comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. You know, that, that's why we've got to have a reliance upon the spirit. You know, that's why the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts in Proverbs. A trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. It, do, it doesn't mean you shouldn't think. Listen, we, God, God gave us a mind so that we could think. But we can't rely upon um, the things that we've relied upon in the past to get us through life. You can't rely just solely upon yourself. You've got to begin to rely upon the Lord. Amen. See, some of you looking to succeed, and you don't realize the whole reason why you have no success is because you're relying upon your own understanding and instead of the understanding of, of God and the things that God has prepared for you that love Him or th those that He loves. Amen. Praise God. For who knows the spirit of man, save the spirit of man who is in him. So also no, no, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit is, who is from God that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Amen. And so there's a lot of talk of the spirit here, isn't there? You know, one of, the, one of the things that I have found difficult as a, as a, as a minister is raising, raising children, raise, raising my children, <laughs> raising children is tough for everybody, but raising my children in a spiritual, in, in a spiritual environment. And here's why I found that difficult, because when, when someone doesn't have, when someone doesn't have the same encounters that we've had with God, when someone hasn't been born again, when someone hasn't experienced the Spirit of the Lord manifested in their life, when someone hasn't had the experience of, of uh, being, uh, uh, going from darkness to light, from death to life, uh, when someone hasn't received hope, the Holy Ghost baptism, then when they look into the things 
at, when they look into things at church, uh, I know lots of preachers' kids that go to church and um, they look they look at things that are happening in church, and then they, with their minds, try to figure out what's going on and comprehend what's happening in church based on what they think they're seeing. There's many of us, listen to me, there's many of us that are here that have tried to figure out the things of God by what we've observed in the natural, not really relying upon the spirit, which is why a lot of people have been shipwrecked, why a lot of people have gone in the ditch and have not gone ahead and become everything God wants them to be, and why many don't walk in the blessing that the Bible says we've been blessed with. Because we're trying to comprehend these things with our natural thoughts. I, I, gave, an, I gave an example, of, uh, somewhat of an example of this. Maybe, maybe, it was, uh, maybe it was here on Wednesday night. Maybe it, was, uh, maybe it was in church, one of these. Listen, it all starts to run together with me. But we were in a meeting, and uh, in this meeting, this guy was ministering, and he kept saying, man, I feel the glory of God. And I was like, that's awesome. Now, I personally wasn't experiencing the glory of God. I've experienced the glory of God on a, on a few occasions. I've been serving the Lord for 37, 38 years. And in 38 years, I have encountered the manifestation of the glory of God. I can count on one hand the times that it's happened with me. So when, when, we, when I hear people talk about the glory of God, there's a difference between just the manifested presence of God and the glory of God. There's a difference between just the anointing and the glory. The glory of God. Do you know what the glory of God is? The glory of God is, it's not a cloud. It's not a, it's not a, uh, a light. It's not, you know, that, that, that is sometimes how, uh, how the glory is manifested. But the glory of God is God. The glory of something is when something is in its full expression. So the glory of God is God in his, it's not, a, listen, the glory is not a cloud, it's not a wind, it's not a wave, it's, it's not a, a, an orb. The glory of God is God in his full expression. That's the glory. The glory of an acorn is an oak tree. Do you understand that? The glory of an acorn is an oak. The glory of a baby is a full-grown, mature man or woman. That's the glory of that thing. Well, the glory of God is not, it's not a manifestation. So when God manifests and expresses himself, when God expresses himself fully, when we see the full expression of God, there are a lot of things that could happen. The, the, the building could shake. That's what happened to the apostles in the book of Acts. The Bible said after that they had, they had, they had healed that man at the after they had got uh, ministered to that man healing at the gate beautiful and and they were taken into custody that after they were released they they got together as the church they went to their own company and they began to pray and the bible says that when they prayed the place where they were assembled was shaken you know what i'm going to tell you something that, that sometimes uh, a, a place is shaken when god expresses himself in his fullness It happened, glory to God. It happened with Ezekiel when he stood in that valley of dry bones. 
And when God expressed himself fully in a valley of dry bones, the Bible says there was a noise and a shaking and a coming together and bone came together with bone and flesh. See, uh, there is a manifestation when God expresses himself in his fullness, but we've got to, here's, here's what happens is people will see the manifestation and they'll call the manifestation the glory, but because they don't understand. Because they've not given themselves over to the Spirit to, uh, amen, I, I don't know if I'm doing this justice right now. Are y'all, are y'all getting, what, get, getting what I'm talking about? <laughs> anyway, this guy, this guy was saying, ooh, man, the glory is here. And I could tell there were a lot of people that were in agreement. But do you know why most of them were in agreement? Because when he would put his hands on people, people fell on the floor. Well, guess what? I've seen that happen on the playground when kids sang Ring Around the Rosy, Pocket Full of Posies, Ashes, Ashes, We All Fall Down. I've seen people take courtesy drops. You know what? People falling out under the power of God is a very poor indicator of whether or not God's doing something. Now listen, when it happens as a result of God expressing himself fully, I'm in, I'm, I'm in line. I'm ready. I want, I want to be a full participant. And, and listen, to, to get to that place, to not, to not miss what God's going to do, you, you have to be attentive. You can't just lay, sit back and say, well, you know, we'll see if this is God or not. No, listen, you've got to be attentive. So I'm in this meeting, and, and here's, here's, here's what happened to me. I'm in this meeting, and this guy says, ooh, the glory's, and he'd shake, you know, ooh, glory. Well, did you feel that? And there's about 200 people there, and, and I would say three quarters of them are like, Amen. But I'm like, now nah, I've been in the glory. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Alva. Because we, we, these are things that we've seen over the years. If you've been in church for a while, you've seen this stuff. And you know, you know the way we've dealt with it in the past is we're like, well, you know, maybe they were encountering the glory. No, listen, when the glory of God shows up, it's not just a few people that encounter the When the glory of God shows up, it's not just one or two. When the, glory, when the glory of God showed up for Israel, it parted a Red Sea. Listen, it wasn't just a few people that were, it wasn't one or two that were like, man, I think I feel something. No, man, God showed up in his fullness and a Red Sea parted. Amen. When Jesus showed up at the tomb of Lazarus, God's glory showed, amen. God ex. Do you, know, you know the Bible says that it took all the might and the strength of God to raise Jesus from the dead. I imagine if it took all of God's expression to raise Jesus from the dead, then it took quite a bit of that expression to get Lazarus out of his grave. So the glory of God would have had to have been manifested that day that Lazarus came out of his grave. Well, guess what? It wasn't just, it wasn't just Lazarus that was like, Yishabahata. It wasn't just Mary and Martha that were, you know, that entire crowd stood there with their mouths agape and in awe, and every one of them witnessed and encountered the very glory, the very full expression of God that day. And so for, for me, you know, now, I, of course, I, I thought, you know what, I want, I want to encounter God's glory. 
I mean, this guy went to slapping people on the heads and they were falling out. He's slapping people on the tongue. They was falling out, which I thought was a little bizarre. He kicked Ted in the gut and Ted went out. But uh, Ted got went out because he got kicked in the gut. You know, I, I asked Ted, I said, Ted, now, did you experience the glory of God? Ted said, no, but I got a bit boot print on my belly. Now, if, if, if I had just been observing in the natural, which is what most people, most people I believe are doing now, if you're observing in the natural, you know, you're taking and you're, you're trying to interpret what is happening by what you're seeing with your natural eye. But what did that scripture say in Corinthians? I have not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man, the things which God, listen, some of y'all are still doing it today. We're still trying to interpret what God is doing by what we see. See, that was what I found the most difficult in bringing up my kids is that I knew that they were going to see some things that there was no possible way that if they just observed with their natural eye that they could really understand what was going on. The only way for them to really be captured by what was happening and to be transformed by what was happening is that they had to get a revelation by the Spirit. And I, listen, I believe, I believe here in, in our church right now, I believe that God is trying to get that across to us. He's trying to stir something in us that won't allow us to be satisfied with what we have had in the past, what we've seen in the past, what we've received in the past. God's trying to take us, God is trying to take us to a higher place. But we're not going to get to that higher place uh, through, our, through the realm of reasoning, through Trying to figure these things out in the natural. Well, when this, when this fellow did this, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to miss out. I mean, if for some reason I'm not getting it, I want to press in. And so I did. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I began to press in. I had my hands up in the air. I was praying in the spirit. I was doing all that I knew to do to plug into the presence of God. I praised, I prayed in tongues, I, I lifted my hands, I got down on my knees. At one point, I got in the aisle and I got flat on the floor on my face. I mean, I was really pulling for the Lord to do something. And you know what? The whole time, I never got what those other people got, uh, evidently, because I never encountered the glory uh, in, the in the manner that they, that they were claiming to have uh, received a touch from God's glory. And so I, I was perplexed because I... I thought, Lord, you, you've touched me in that manner before. I've experienced and encountered this, you know, before in my life. I don't, I don't understand. And finally, the Lord, you know, the Lord spoke to me and, and he said, well, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay. He said, I, I'm, not in full, I'm not in full expression right now. So you're, you're not imagining things. You're not so jacked up that you can't be in my presence. I mean, he, he just let me know. I was like, well, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was so grateful. I was so grateful. <laughs> but now here's, here's the, now here's the deal. So there was another brother that had been in that meeting. And um, he, he went on vacation after that night. We didn't get to talk. We were friends. Are y'all still with me? We didn't get to talk, but we're friends. And so when he came back from vacation about a week later, uh, we, were, we were talking. He said, hey, man, he said, uh, 
He said, how did the meeting go? And how did it end up? And I said, well, I said, my last night at the meeting was that night that you left. I, I didn't go back. He's like, you didn't? I was like, no. I said, I, I said I'm, I, because we're friends, I said, I'm going to share this with you. And, you know, I, I just want you to keep it between us. I said, but I never, I, you know, he kept saying how the presence of God was over the glory. I said, I never got it. I, I, I never got He said, you never got it? I said, no. I said, I said, I mean, I said, look like you got it. He said, Mm, he said, I thought I was the only one wasn't getting it. And I said, now, I said, what? I said, but you was over there. You had your hands up in the air. He said, so did you. I said, but man, you was really praying up a storm. He said, so were you. I said, yeah, but you, I mean, you went down to the front. He said, you laid out on the, out on the floor in the aisle. I said, yes, I, I did. I was pushing. I said, I was trying to get in. He said, it looked to me like you were getting it. See, sometimes we get the wrong. Yeah. When all you're doing is seeing what you think you see with your eyes, you might be interpreting something to be something that it's not. And see, that, Amen. You know, my kids, my kids might be looking and watching and seeing someone and saying, okay, I see how that works. Dad gets up, they sing a bunch of songs, everybody kind of gets up in a froth and in a lather, and, and, and they get worked up emotionally, and you got to get people worked up emotionally if they're going to be able to get over there because that's, that's really all that it is, because that's what they think they see. And you know what? They might be interpreting what they're seeing right because when God should, one of the times that I encountered the glory of God, I was over there, um, I was in Ohio, I was uh, 17 years old, and um, I was preaching at a tri-state Mennonite youth conference. And so I, I, I was invited to come preach to these Mennonites. Now, the, the, you know what? The Mennonites aren't the most lively bunch. In fact, y'all remind me of a bunch of Mennonites this morning. Amen. But... Um, and I, I don't really want that here at this church, but uh, for some reason, uh, it seems like y'all are uh, sleeping on me recently. But, um, but the Mennonites, uh, wonderful people. They love the Lord. I mean, even though they lack expression, I love them. I, I love people to shout amen. I love people to get, you know, happy. I, I wish some would break out and dance like Sharia every now and again. But, I, I mean, it'd be good to have three quarters of the church just break out in a Holy Ghost shuffle. Amen. Wouldn't it be nice if we had to put a little running track in here? Amen. And people run. I, I love that. Listen, I love that. That's just, that's just, so, I love it. But, um, so I'm preaching to these men. It's <laughs> over here to encourage everybody. Ah, that's right. Amen. Come on, Titus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Titus all of a sudden woke up. But anyway, so I'm at this Mennonite conference. And I'd have been invited to come by my pastor's son. Well, my pastor didn't even believe I was called to the ministry. So uh, when, I, when I got there and I got there to, to minister, um, I got nervous because I thought, you know, my pastor doesn't believe I'm called to preach. He don't really like me. And I know a bunch of these Mennonites don't really like me because I, you know, I have a little bit more fire and fervor than what they have. I was, I, you know, I was, I was a, uh, uh, when I could scream, uh, I was a screaming preacher, and uh, I'd jump up on chairs. I'd run the back of pews. That was me, as a, you know, as a, you know, I, that was me, man. I, <laughs> glory to God, you know. And uh, I, I thought if you, you know, you had to preach that way uh, if you were anointed. That was that's the anointing. But anyway, 
So they didn't, you know, they didn't really, yeah, nowadays they don't, I don't have faith in those chairs. <laughs> yeah, that chair look at me like, don't try it, don't try it. It's like that horse that Ted got on one time. Listen, that horse, I've never seen a horse stumble. And it was a big old, it was a big old paint. That, that horse looked at Ted like, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, Teddy threw his old leg over that horse. That horse's legs went. <laughs> Never saw that before in my life. So, so only, and then Ted made him walk him around the whole parking lot. Ted's like, good boy. That, guy, that, that horse is like, boy, you better get off here in a minute. <laughs> but anyhow, so I'm there preaching to those Mennonites. And while I'm preaching to them, uh, the, the, Lord, the Lord had made me a, a promise that he'd show up there that day. But while I'm preaching to him, all of the sudden, while I'm preaching and ministering, now, now listen, this is what I'm telling you. All of a sudden, while I'm preaching, while I'm ministering, I, I stop because I realize that uh, the Lord wants to do something and I'm not really, uh, he needs me to get out of the way. So I, I quit talking and, and, he, and he gave me a word. He told me that I was supposed to pray for people's teeth. Now, I'd never heard that before. I'd never heard that ever. Uh, it wasn't something that, um, I don't know how it became more common, but uh, maybe, you know, just a, by the Spirit, something happened. And, but he told me, he said, uh, I want you to pray for these people. Now, I didn't know what he meant. I didn't know why he wanted me to do that. But I was, I was obedient to the Lord. I was obedient to do what he told me to do. You know what? I, I see people that want to minister to people, you know, to receive dental miracles. And the only reason they're doing it is because they saw someone else do it. Well, God, you did it for them. If you did it for them, you'll do it for me. And it don't work for them. And do you know why it don't work for them? Because God doesn't do it for you because he did it for them. He does it for you because he told you to do it. It, it, you know why? You know, that day, God gave people dental mirrors. Over, probably over 200 people received fillings in their teeth supernaturally by the power of the Spirit. Gold, silver filling. My pastor's daughter got a big silver filling in her tooth that day while my pastor stood there. He didn't even think I was called to preach, and he watched God give his daughter a creative miracle. I remember her mother looked in her mouth and passed out. She didn't, she didn't fall under the power. She fainted, and she fell on a microphone. I had the recording of it. She fell on a microphone, and you could hear her crying. <laughs> now, you know, what, you know what happened in that meeting? A wind of the Spirit blew into that. And I'm not talking about a breeze. I'm talking about a, like an Oklahoma wind. It was the, it was the way that God, God expressed himself in his full expression, and the result was... A mighty rushing wind blew through the building. Now, here's the thing. You know how many times that's happened to me in my ministry where, where the God showed up in full expression and a, a wind blew like that? You know how many times that's happened in 37, 38 years of ministry? 37, 38 years? You know how many times that's happened? Twice. Go ahead, man. Twice. Well... <laughs> Wouldn't God do it more often? If it was God, I mean, can he do it all the time? Well, you know, how many times did Jesus put mud in someone's eyes? 
He did it once. <laughs> he did that once. How many times was a man told to go and, and, and dunk in the Jordan seven times? One time. One time. You know, there, we, we get this idea that if God does these, these things in a particular way. Listen, are y'all hearing me today? Do you, know, do you know how you can tell when someone's trying to interpret these things and do these in their mind? Is that they keep trying to do the same things over and over and over again. When Jesus didn't even do the same things over and over and over again. They're trying to mimic something that they believe that they understand. That's why some people like other people's meetings better than ours. Because they can go to that meeting and they know people are going to try the same stuff over and over and over again. And, and, and then people are going to oblige them. There are going to be people that say, yeah, I feel the glory. I sense the glory of God. I really feel the Yeah, ooh, ooh, shedadeh, yabah. Oh. But see, God wants us, God wants us to press into the Spirit. He wants us to press into those things that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. Are you hearing me today? The things that haven't entered into the heart of man that God has prepared for those that love him. Amen. Hallelujah. That God has prepared for those that he loves. Amen. Thank God. Verse 14 of that same uh, chapter 2. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. Amen. And so uh, these things are things of the Spirit. These things are things. We're going to have to develop our spirit in order to begin to press, uh, uh, press in to receive some of these things that uh, seem to have evaded the church and seem to have, uh, uh, how, do you, how do you say, uh, they've been elusive. They've been elusive. <laughs> Glory. I'm going to bring some pads for next week. We can take a nap, have a snack. It's like we used to do in kindergarten. Y'all remember that? I mean, I do. Most people don't remember back that far. I remember. I remember a little mat and the little milks and the cookies and and uh, taking naps. Of course, I was never going to go to sleep, but I was the first one to crash out, waking up, not having any responsibility. <sighs> the only responsibility I had was getting to the swing set first, so I had me a swing. <laughs> 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 so now go now run back over there to Second Corinthians real quick. And um so Second Corinthians. So how do we how do we get over there? Second Corinthians chapter 10. How do we get over there then? To tap into these to that spiritual flow into the into the things of God. Uh, chapter 10, verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. 
And here's, here's how strongholds are destroyed. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. In other words, if we're, if we're going to win the battle, if we're going to get over there and experience the things that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard, then we're going to have to start controlling what goes through our minds. We're going to have to start taking thoughts captive and bringing them, those thoughts to the obedience of Christ. Listen, I have never seen a time in the world where the church has been bombarded more with unbelief and doubt, where the enemy is planting daily doubt and unbelief seeds of doubt and unbelief not in not in the, the not in faithless people but in the people of faith in the people of faith. And y'all have seen it. Y'all have seen it. Uh, uh, you know, used to be we couldn't see it happen before our eyes. But nowadays, you know, all you got to do is log into some social media platform and just give people time. The Bible says out of the abundance of one's heart, their mouth will speak. And so when you begin to, when you begin to see people, Amen. When, when people that at one time had fellowship with God and pressed into the spirit and, uh, uh, and prayed, amen, and did, you know, did things ac according to the word of God. In, in those times, you know, they were praying people, and people could depend upon them to be praying people. They could depend upon people like them to hear from heaven. But even some of them, even some of those that fought the good fight of faith at one season in their life, I mean, they've, they've, allowed, they've allowed so much uh, of the corruption of the world to enter in uh, and influence them that they've gone to drinking. That they just joined the party. I know this is not, I know it's not popular. Old pastor, he just preaching old fashioned. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you, if you get in prayer, you know, you know, I'm, and, and since I mentioned drinking, let me say something about drinking. Because, because some people, I had, I had my brother-in-law, Tyler's dad. One time he said to me, well, you know, the Bible says, you know, not to get drunk and don't say don't drink. And, you know, spoken like someone who's observed from the outside. Go ahead now. Someone who's taken a look from the outside. I'm going to tell you something. Get in the glory of God. And in the midst of, of being in the glory of God, open you up a bottle of wine and take a chug. I'm going to tell you right now, not one of you will do it. Do you know why? Because being in the middle of the glory of God doesn't allow for that. It's not something you care for. It's not something you care. Now listen, you say, are you, why are you being so condemned? I'm not condemning nobody. I'm just telling you what. You know what the Bible says about drinking? It'll ruin your life. Well, you know, I bet you drink soda pop. Yeah, but so, soda pop. Doesn't, the Bible doesn't say don't drink Pepsi, it'll ruin your life. <laughs> but it does say don't get drunk on wine because it'll, it'll ruin your life. And it dissipates. It's fleeting. What you, do you know, uh, well, they drank it in the Old Testament. Do you know why they drank? Do, does anybody, do any of y'all know why they drank wine in the Old Testament? 
See, we got all kinds of stuff, stomach, you know, medicinal, whatever it is. Some people say it's good for your heart. It's good for your heart. You know, it's not the alcohol that's good for your heart. It's the other stuff. <laughs> you can get the same benefits from something else and it not have to contain alcohol. Of course, we don't want, I mean, it's just like, it's just like marijuana. You know, some people are smoking a jar. I need this for my health. Oh, no, you need part of it, but you don't need the part that gets you high. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Listen, I'm just telling you the truth. You don't have to accept it. Can you feel it in the atmosphere? My God. Do you know why people drank wine in the Old Testament? The reason why God had people drink wine in the Old Testament, because people in the Old Testament didn't have the Spirit of God upon them or within them. Only the prophets and the kings and the priests had the Spirit of God working in their lives. And so God had them to drink wine uh, with their celebration because wine was an imitation of the presence of God. He would have them drink until they got a buzz. And that buzz was uh, for them to kind of uh, like a, a precursor, a shadow This is what it's like to be in my presence. This is what it's like to be in my presence. That's why he had them drink wine, so that they could get a buzz. Listen, I'm telling you the truth. So they could get a buzz. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. When I first got filled with the Holy Ghost and God first expressed himself to me in the way that I'm talking about, I'm going to tell you right now. I was like, hey... Hey, listen, I was, I was looking at my friends. I was like, because ah. listen, it was, it was familiar, but I could tell that what I had had before was cheap, that it was, that it was only, it was, it, that, that, listen, I, there wasn't, I'd been high, but there wasn't no high like the most high. Amen. And I had been drunk, but there, there was no wine that I had ever put to my lips, no drink that I had ever put to my lips that was like new wine. Amen. Are y'all hearing me today? Amen. So why is it that some of us have, as Christians, are, maybe, maybe, I, you know, maybe I'm not preaching to anyone today. I have a feeling I am because, uh, I mean, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm hanging out with y'all and, and everything, and it's not like I see you all, you know, uh, cracking open a... <laughs> My, my son, my dad, we went to my dad's on the 4th of July, and, and um, we left. And when we left, you know, my, you, you all know my dad. He's not, he doesn't serve the Lord, but <laughs> so usually there's beer and stuff there. So anyway, we get home, and we have all of our stuff that we brought back from the picnic, and Annie pulls out two cans of Budweiser. I'm like, hermana. The first lady got two Bud Lights. I got out my... <laughs> and Gabe, he's, he's laughing so hard, he's almost peeing his pants. I was like, what in the world? And Gabe is like... 
Gabe said, I, I, I got them and I stuck them in the bag. I wanted to see how y'all would react. <laughs> well, now every time we open up the door of, of the refrigerator in the uh, garage, there are two Bud Lights sitting there. And Annie's like, what are people going to think if they go? I said, they're, they're going to think we're hip. They're going to think we finally came around. That's what they're going to think. They've been doing it forever. We're the only ones still hanging on. We're the only ones that's still like, yes, God wants us to stay away. Amen. Glory to God. But you know, we never, we never put two and two together to realize that the reason, the reason why we're not holding anybody up in prayer, the reason why we're not seeing the miraculous and the supernatural, the reason why we're not seeing the full expression of God in our lives. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's, it's, not the, it's not the drinking that God has a problem with. It's our disobedience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's our unwillingness to find satisfaction in his presence. It's our unwillingness for him to be king of kings and lord of lords, for him to be, for him to, uh, amen, for him to be our comforter. Well, you know, I just, I just got to knock one back to relax. So you're not using him as the relaxer. He's not, he, you're not finding your rest in him. You're finding your, amen. You're finding your rest somewhere else. See, he only, he only wanted Israel to experience that, that buzz so that they would know it, it was a shadow. This is what's coming. But when, when it comes in, in reality, it's way better. It is way better. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all in one accord, in one place, and suddenly God expressed himself in his fullness. Amen. The glory of God was manifested and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began Amen. Well, Brother Z, it's how we conduct business. Listen, you know the way you know the way we've conducted business as preachers is we go to lunch with this one, we go to lunch with that one. That's how I developed this figure. But you know what? It's no excuse to stay to stay in that. I mean, I got a breakfast meeting, I got a lunch meeting, and I got a dinner meeting. And then we got coffee, you know, in between, at the coffee shop with a muffin. And I ain't talking about eating a muffin, I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> it's flowing over the top of your <laughs> But that's, what I, that's, that's how I responded to Tyler's father when he talked about that. He said... He said, well, the Bible says just don't get drunk. I said, yeah, it says uh, don't, don't be drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I said, this, the topic isn't wine. The topic is the Spirit. In that scripture, you weren't supposed to say, oh, it's okay to drink. You know what you were supposed to say? I need to be filled with the Spirit. That was the point of that verse. But instead, we're using the verse to say, well, that's okay. You know, you know why I haven't? Because we're, we haven't taken thoughts captive and brought them to the obedience of 
Let me, let me let you in on a little secret. It's not easy to serve God. Oh, yeah, it's hard to serve God. I, I'm failing at it every day. I'm failing at, at hitting the mark. But I'm never going to quit trying. You know why? I need him. I need him. I need him. Now, do we go around feeling condemned? No, don't feel condemned. Get over there and get the victory. I know that the, I know the only way I'm going to quit stuffing food down my throat in an unhealthy fashion is to press into the presence of God. You know, every time I press in harder to the presence of God, I drop weight. Imagine that. Imagine that all of a sudden my belly isn't my God when I let him be my God. Imagine that. Imagine, I mean, who would have thought that if I just put my focus on Jesus, that I wouldn't be thinking so much about Krispy Kreme? I know some of you are like, don't say that. Look, Ted is disconnected. He's already like, I got to go to the... Ted says, I like it. He's about that time. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> He's just waiting. He's just waiting for the right moment. <laughs> I shouldn't pick on you so much, Ted. People don't know. People don't know. Ted and I have been hanging out for a long time. He, right. He's been hanging out for 30-something years. After 30-something years, we get to pick on one another. Amen. Oh, yeah. when we, but when we get to heaven, I'll, I'm going to be super nice to you. <laughs> Ted, Ted. <laughs> I messed with Ted. I said, Ted, you're going to have a big crown. I said, you're going to have such a big crown, you're going to have to have two people walk next to you supporting your head. I said, it's going to be tall and your neck's going to want to, you know, <laughs> there are going to be people assigned to just hold that crown up. Oh, yeah, I might be one of them. I, you know, we, we might get to heaven and there's Pastor Zig just holding up Ted's crown. <laughs> Be like, Ted, we thought that you were low and Pastor Zig was high. Ted's like, no, glory to God. Amen. Him and Jesus. You know, some people didn't think he was going to make it, Ted. They're going to be crushed when they see. They're going they're to be, be in heaven and they're going to see Jesus coming. They're going to be like, there's somebody with him. Who is that? Oh, it's Jesus. Walk by Jesus in heaven. And it, there's Ted with Jesus. What are you doing with him? <laughs> yeah, and that's what Ted's going to do. <laughs> Amen. They're going to be like, maybe he had something. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, we, we don't realize how much our thoughts play a role in, in keeping us out. Of, of, what, of what God has for. So I want to encourage you. You say, so where do I start, Brother Ziggy? Well, just imagine if, if every thought that you thought was broadcast on a screen above your head. You know those ones that you don't want anyone to know about? Start with those. <laughs> start bringing them into captivity. Amen. You, you know what? Try Start at church. Any thought you don't want me to hear... Any thought, listen, some of y'all wouldn't have thought a half of the things that you thought here today if you knew I could see it. And so you start there. You start taking those thoughts because those aren't healthy thoughts. 
Well, where does he know? Oh, no, take that thought. I know some of you like, I think he preached this on purpose. I think he preached this to me. You're right. I, you know what? I designed this message specifically for you. I wrote your name down there. <laughs> I mean, I really didn't, but yeah, I did. I, I'm preaching this. Listen, I, I had something else, to, something totally different planned. This is the last thing I want to talk about. I wanted us to shout today. And some of you, listen, I went into stuff. All of us ought to be shouting about it. You got, y'all got me concerned. I get notified when y'all update your There have been three people in this building updated their Facebook while I was preaching. I'm just playing. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like, it wasn't me. <laughs> Gabe. No. No, he, Gabe's like, Facebook's. Gabe, Gabe's like, I hadn't been on Facebook for a while. Facebook's for old people. You dirty rat. Marissa, she don't even bother with Facebook. She just sent me a text. While I'm preaching, she'll be sending me a ding, Marissa. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> at least she doesn't, yeah, at least she doesn't call. Hello? Hey, Pastor, your fly's undone. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff she'd be sending me too. Wipe your nose, Pastor. <laughs> There's something on your shirt. <laughs> Amen. Stand up with me. So We've got, to start, we've got to start rejecting some of the thoughts that are coming into our minds because they don't, they don't profit uh, us uh, when it comes to the things of the Spirit. Uh, the, one thing, the other thing I was going to share with you was on the armor of God. You know, God's given us um, not only weapons, but He's given us a defense. Uh, he's given us things uh, in the form of the armor of God to help us to quench and, and to defend ourselves from all that the enemy tries to throw at us. And so we've got to take advantage of what God has given us to overcome the enemy, uh, not only the enemy, the devil, but also the enemy of our flesh that messes with our minds and keeps us out of uh, experiencing the full expression of God, the full expression of God. Amen. So I know I didn't go over the tithe and the offering. I was going to tie that in. Uh, Sometimes we think that the tithe and the offering isn't really that important. And you got to understand it's, it's extremely important. Not only, not only is it important, you know, um, Cornelius, when Cornelius and his house got touched by the Lord, this was New Testament. This isn't Old Testament. It's New Testament. After, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, an angel appeared to Cornelius in a vision and said, your offerings and your prayers are come up as a remembrance to God. In other words, that, that angel said, I'm here because of the offerings that you gave and the prayers that you prayed. So our offerings, what we do with our money, must influence God in some way toward us. What did Cornelius end up receiving? Well, him and his whole house ended up getting filled with the Holy Ghost because of his offerings and because of his prayers. I mean, I, mean, I think it's cool. 
I, I, give, I give with expectation that uh, I am positioning myself for the Lord to, uh, to bless me in whatever way that, uh, you know, I, I most of the time leave it up to Him. But, you know, Twyla encouraged us one day to name our seed. To get out there and when we sow, say, Lord, this is what I need. And, and, and many times, you know, we're led by the Spirit. That's appropriate too. I, Lord, we're, we're buying a house. I'm sowing a seed and I'm trusting you and I'm believing you for not only a down payment, but God, I'm believing. You, you, said, you said in your word that you would fill my house with treasure. Right. See, that's, that's what I'd be doing. And, and if, 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 if he led me, I'd be sowing a seed. I'd say, Lord, I would have used this for a couch, but God, uh, I believe you're going to furnish an entire home just on this, this couch seed in the name of Jesus. So I'm sowing it today. I've done that with cars. I've done that with fuel. Listen, when fuel starts to get high, I buy people fuel. Be like, hey, let me pay for that. And, you know, Cherie, man, she, you, you get around Cherie, she won't let you. I thank God. Listen, I thank God for, for, for some of y'all. Some of y'all, when I'm around you, you won't let me buy a piece of gum. And I don't like y'all just because I'm not spending money. I like it because I see that you've heard the word and you believe the word and you have a passion to do the word and God is he's blessing you as a result of it. I mean, it, it blesses me. I, I don't really want to let y'all pay for stuff for me. But I go out, I have, I'm having Cherie travel with me. And we're going out, and she's paying for everybody's meal at, at the table when the, pa when the pastor's, made, you know, obligated himself to do it. And she's like, no, I'm blessing y'all today. And not just, not just once or twice, all the time. We pull up and order a burger. And she's like, I got it. Oh, no, here, take that. I got my card. No, I got it. I'm like, Sheree, you got to, I need some, I need a harvest. I need a harvest. Can I get a harvest? And she said, but she, yeah. Then she sent me an offering. I'm like, every harvest. You know, I, I get, every now and again, I get an opportunity. Every now and again, every now and again, someone will slack off enough that I get to get my card in there. Thank God. But it's not often. It's not often with some people. But we ought to be generous, expecting that God is going to bless us. Name your seed. You want your house paid off? So, so, so a mortgage, mortgage paying off seed. Amen. Name that seed when you sow it in the ground. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. So uh, don't, don't neglect your tithe, your offering today. I know you won't. Many of you have already done it. But I do want to pray over you for a God's blessing. For God's blessing financially and in every other way. Listen, I got my, I got my, my, my spirit is like tuned in and geared toward that service, that healing. We're, there's something happening tonight. I mean, there's happening today, this morning, but that healing, there's something going to happen in that meeting tonight. So as you sow today, if you're writing a check, make your check to Winter's Church. If you're uh, giving cash, there are envelopes you can use. Uh, you can give uh, through uh, online giving. Um, you can uh, text the keyword uh, Winner's Church to 77977, and uh, you can give that way. I don't know what week this is, 39 of Super Seed, so $39 over and above. I'm going to look at Ted's because... <laughs> You're such a dork. <laughs> Dude be drawing pictures on his offering. Does he draw that for y'all? Is that what it is? Is that supposed to be you, Ted? 
well that's what it says happy is the people and and then well wait a minute on the on the lip of the envelope you got jesus wept and then happy is the people whose god is the lord pray over you father i thank you alpha the lord the lord tell me to tell you something i know you're probably going to bust out of here pretty soon but i i hear the lord saying there's lots of promises that you've not yet seen come to pass and the lord says you've seen him do a lot of things but there's some things that have to do with ministry and have to do with god using you to touch others that the lord says he has his mind on and God says, because his mind has been on it, the Lord says he's began to stir it up in your mind and in your spirit and in your heart. And so the Lord says, you're a little unsettled in your spirit as the Lord starts to draw you. God, God says this, God says, you're not sure how you can, how you can uh, dedicate, um, how you can dedicate yourself to ensuring that that happens because things when the Lord told you this, things were a lot easier and a, not, e not that it was easier, it was just more simple and it seemed like there were avenues and ways that you could get it done. And, uh, and now it's kind of like that little, it's like that widow woman. When the Bible says that when uh, the prophet, when the prophet Elijah, when the famine came and he was getting bread and flesh in the morning, you remember the story? And he was by the brook and then all that dried up. And then the Lord told him, go to Zarephath I've commanded a widow there to sustain you. So we know because of that scripture that God had talked to that lady long before he showed up. So the Lord had already prepared something for him. He just needed to go. Well, by the time he got there, things were more complicated for that lady than they were. The Lord had probably talked to her when she had more than a handful of meal and more than a cruise of oil. And so by the time the prophet gets there, her condition is less desirable than it was probably the first time God spoke to her. And so she has to figure out now how she's going to obey God. And that's where you're at. It's not, that, it's not that you're lacking. It's just that things and your life is more complicated now in, in uh, entertaining and in facilitating what God has promised you. But I hear the Lord saying this. If you'll lean into the Spirit, the, the Lord says that you want a place in the Spirit years ago. He said years ago, he said, when you were in the, in the that's okay, she's, she, she's good, she, she's not going to distract you. And Brandy's recording it, so you're all good. Um, years ago, when you were, in the, when you were in, the, in the depths of darkness, when it seemed like the enemy had surrounded you and that you, uh, that you, in fact, it, it's, there was a time where it seemed like you may even prematurely die and lose your life because of the environment that you were in. But God rescued you out of that environment. The Lord says, even in the beginning of your walk with God, you were still in the valley of the shadow of death. But God took you and brought you out of the valley and he set you in a high place. And the, and the Lord says, the Lord says that uh, it was in that time and in that season that he began to show you that there were things that he's going to have you do in ministry. That there was an anointing that was upon your life and that you would even lay your hands on people and people would receive from the Lord through the laying on of your hands.
And you saw it happen every now and again where you'd touch someone and they'd experience something. And, but mostly, you've just seemingly been able to encourage people. But you've never, for, you've never forgotten that you saw yourself supernaturally by, by the Spirit that you would touch them and there'd be a transfer of the anointing. I hear God saying that's what's getting ready to happen in your life. God's getting ready to open up that door and He's going to create an avenue through which that can come to pass. I hear God saying that when you leave here today, you're not going to leave here with the same garment you came in with. God says, God says that a, a spirit of heaviness is going to be replaced with a garment of praise. I hear the Lord saying that the, the sorrow that you have felt in your spirit, the Lord says that sorrow and that mourning is going to be turned into dancing and into joy. And I hear God saying, he says this, he says, when, when you've prayed more recently and in, in days that have gone by, it says it seems like it, it, you've had trouble making the connection between you. I hear the Lord saying the next time you breathe his name, he's going to be there. And God says that wall that you have felt like was between you and the Lord, he says, being removed today. God says the time has come for you to rise into that place and to fulfill the call that he placed on your life. The Lord says, and you know it, I'm, I'm telling you things that you've told no one, that you've not spoken a word to anyone. But God says he wants you to know that what you're, what you're encountering, it's him. And he's doing it in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I thank you for Alva. I thank you, Lord, for the call. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit. I thank you, God, that you're uh, expressing yourself in your fullness to her today. God, that she is leaving here encountering the touch of your spirit. And that she's leaving here with a fresh touch and a fresh anointing. To fulfill your purpose in the name of Jesus. Arabosa, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. Ele sobroda, merecebrea, orosomon kelejedrea, arasobora. The enemies tried to make you think that there's no place for you uh, anywhere, but God says there is a place for you. God says there's a place for you in His presence, and He says, and He's going, He's going to use you, and you're going to get it done in Jesus' name. Come on, someone, lift your hands and thank God. Eremorosobroda. Listen, we're in the presence of the Lord here. You know the Lord tells me the Lord said the Lord says this he says there are many he says that are in this place that have said Lord we have need of your goods we have need of that which only you have to offer there's no there's no one else there's no one else that has the supply that you have. There's no one else that carries <laughs> the merchandise, Lord, that you're offering. The Lord says this. He says, if you'll come, God says, it is a time of disbursement. A time, the Lord says, when I am going to disperse that which I have unto my people. The Lord says, he says this. He says, if you will get in the line, I don't understand what that means. But he says, if you'll get in the line, I'm, I, I think 
I think I have an idea. Oh, Resedea. What, what he's saying is, oh, Shetele Cruza. This, this, this story stirred in my spirit. Do you remember when the prophet told his servant, he said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. You remember that? He said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And he looked at his servant. He said, go up that mountain. And he said, look and tell me what you see. The first time the servant went up the mountain, he came back down and he, you know what he reported? He said, I saw nothing. I saw nothing. He said, go again. And he went again and he saw nothing. And then he told him, he said, I don't see anything. He said, go again. And the Bible says he went seven times. He went seven. And on the seventh time, he came down and he said, boy, I feel the presence of God. He came down and he said, I see a little cloud coming out of the sea, the size of a man's hand. He said, let's go. Let's go. Listen, before, before, they, could even, before they could even get ready, the rain came. Amen. You know, what, you know what get in line means? Go up the mountain. Look. Be ready. Uh, you know what? If you believe you're going to receive something, you'll have your hands ready to catch it. You'll have your bag ready to store it. You'll have whatever's necessary ready to take whatever it is that God is delivering. Listen, now is not the time for us uh, to twiddle our thumbs and sit around at, like nothing's going to happen. I'm not saying y'all are doing that. Y'all have been way more quiet than I like, but I don't think y'all have been uh, inattentive and not listening. I, I but, but we got to be careful. We got to be careful that we don't neglect the rest while we're waiting on this, while we're in line looking for God to pour these things out. But let's, let's position ourselves and make ourselves ready. Let's expect God to do the supernatural in our lives. Amen. In the, in the, in the days, in the weeks, in the months, and in the years to come. I, I declare this over you. I declare there's no going back. I declare you will not go backwards. I declare you will go forward in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Uh, and then, now this, I know, have uh, I, I, I ever you, told you anything before? You've never, have you ever come? When you came one other time, right? And um, for those of you that don't know, this is Rachel's daughter. Is that right? And so I, I, I see something. Um, I see something for you. I hear the, I hear the, I hear the Lord saying, it's, it's like I see, a, um, I hear, I see this and I hear, there's an old song that we, we used to sing in church. It said, once like a bird in prison, I dwelt, no freedom from my sorrow. I felt then Jesus came and he listened to me and then glory to God. He set me free. He set me free. He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus to see. Glory to God. He set me free. I, I, now, here's what I see. I see like a bird, like, like, you, like you were in a bird cage. Like I see a, like a bird cage. But I see the hand of God taking that cage and lifting it off of you. I hear the Lord saying that, um, I hear the Lord saying that circumstances have changed in the natural, but the Lord said, there's something in your spirit that still feels under that cage and under the burden of that. The Lord says, you coming out of the cage. I hear God saying this. I hear God saying, God says he, he, 
he, he says this. He says, he came to give you life and life more abundantly. He came to give you freedom, the Lord says, and joy unspeakable, full of glory. I hear the Lord saying, you're about to enter into the greatest season of joy and freedom that you've ever known. The Lord, the Lord, uh, the Lord says, you will no longer be intimidated and threatened with what men with it's like it's like it's like people um it's almost like people I've, I've never seen this before it's almost like uh you've uh um like when someone tries to blackmail someone like someone has information about someone and they want to try to use it against them and they think that because they have this information they can they can rule over you know control someone control the direction control they're thinking control what they're doing I hear the Lord saying there's nothing that anyone knows about you that could ever be used against you because the Lord says my hand is upon you God says I never lifted my hand there have been some that have tried to persuade you that I that I uh, that I abandoned you <clears throat> that I rejected you because you were uh, defective the Lord says you were not defective. The Lord says you were, you were born, the Lord says. Uh, you, you, uh, God says when I created you, I created you to be a forerunner. You never identified it. You never identified that God was wanting you to carry something that didn't yet exist, that wouldn't be embraced. The Lord says, but now is the beginning of the season for which I created you. And the Lord says the things that in one generation and in one season wouldn't be embraced, the Lord says, are going to be fully embraced in this season. God says there's absolutely nothing that you've done that can keep you from what I called you to. God says you didn't surprise me. He says I knew what you would do. The Lord says, and, and he says, and everything I told you, I told you in lieu of knowing what would happen. God said I knew what would happen in your life. And God says, uh, he says, I told you what I told you because I was going to do in you what I said, regardless of what had happened. So he says, get ready. He says, it's not going to be, you're not going to go through a process. The Lord says, it's like you're going to wake up and one day you're going to be like, that's it. That's it. You're just going to wake up and say, well, that's it. You're not going to need a supplement. You're not going to need something to help you to motivate you the spirit of God is coming upon you and I don't know how long it's been since you've sensed God's spirit in the way that I'm it, the way I'm seeing right now but his his presence is resting on you and he's going to continue to rest on you God says his presence is going to cause you to be able to walk in that place the Lord says that in the past you tried but because his presence presence wasn't there in the in the in the measure it was it was impossible God says, that's changed today. God says, he is extending his grace toward you. His spirit is stretched out toward you. And the Lord says, you're going to walk in a, greater, uh, in a greater realm, in the realm that he created you to walk in. God says, he's going to put a word in your mouth. He says, it's going to be like a fire. Uh, he said, devil tried to kill you and he failed. The Lord said, he tried, tried to destroy your reputation. The Lord said, he failed. He failed. God says, God says this, I called you to be of no reputation anyhow. God says, you're going to carry my reputation. The Lord says, you're going to, you, when you deal with people, when you speak to people, you're going to deal with them and speak to them according to his character. 
and according to his integrity and according to his strength and according to his power. And the Lord says, and when the devil tries to tell you, well, you were this, you were that, you did this, you did that. You're going to say, yes, I did, but I'm not hearing my own name. I'm hearing his name. Amen. And he brought me out and he'll bring you out. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. See, the devil, the devil hoped you'd lose your mind. But God, God says this. He says, any, 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 any remnants of your mind that are scattered, God says they're coming. That, all those remnants of your mind that are scattered everywhere, God says they're rushing in on you today. God says he's restoring your mind and he's making you whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Listen, the Spirit of God is here, people. The Holy Ghost is doing something that only He can do. The Lord says in the same way the devil tried to drive you crazy, you about to, you about to drive the enemy crazy. You about to drive the enemy crazy. You are about, you are about to throw hell into a tailspin. The Lord says, the Lord says it's the enemy that's going to have to try to medicate himself. Because God, God says this, God says you're going to live above, not beneath. The Lord says he's elevating you to fly above the weapons and the reach of the weapons that the enemy formed against you. Uh, the, the weapons of the enemy no longer, you're not within the range of those weapons in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Now you're, you're living somewhere else. Is that right? In another state. And you might be happy there, but I, I do see that there's a, there's a, there's a change. There's a move going to happen. <clears throat> there are, there are <clears throat> some people say, she can't. Lord said, you can't tell me. I can't. God says, don't, don't be trying to tell me I can't. The Lord says, I can do anything I need to do. God says, I can pluck you right up from where you're at and set you down where I want you. <clears throat> and he says, and no one will be able to tell me any different. God says, they'll, they'll have to change their minds. I, and I don't understand that. But he says, they had to change their minds. Because the Lord says, I'm, I'll do what I want to do. But, but he, he, I, do, I do see something happening in that, in that way. I see, a, I see there's a, a change in, in your even in your geographical location. But things, things are happening. God's grace is extended towards you in Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and thank God, everybody. Thank God. Thank God. Glory. Glory. Thank God. Well, how many of you received something today? Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. Well, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank God. Well, that was worth it. Amen. Did I, ever, did I ever have everybody bring their offering? I didn't, did I? You can bring your offering anytime. You don't have to wait on me. Listen, I love you guys. I appreciate you. <clears throat> I thank God for you. Amen. I have a word for you. Now, I gave you a word already. No, I didn't. It was your, was that your daughter? Soprona. God says, God says, finally, he says, opportunities are opening for you to jump in to the flow of the spirit.
to where you're not just a receiver of, of the flow of the anointing, but you're also a distributor. God says he's turning you into a distributor in this season. I hear the Lord saying, get ready because opportunities are going to open up for you to lay hands on the sick and to see them recover. To declare the good news of the gospel to people and to see them set free. I hear the, I hear the Lord saying that, that uh, you're, you're, you know, the Bible talks about fullness of joy. And sometimes we think fullness of joy happens at the altar uh, when the spirit of giggulation comes on us. But, <clears throat> but God says, you're going to experience the greatest joy you've ever experienced because of the ministry that God does through you. You're literally going to feel uh, at times virtue like Jesus did. You're going to feel virtue. You're going to feel anointing leave out of your body and into other people. And you're going to see their lives transformed before your eyes. The, the, the Lord says you've waited for years for an opportunity. And, 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 and the Lord says, and you were faithful in churches and to ministries that promised that there would be opportunity, but never there, there never was. There was never an opportunity. There was only opportunity to sit and to listen. So God, God says this. God says, God says he's creating opportunity. He's opening up a door. The Lord says you're going to walk through it, and you're going to see the goodness of God manifested before your eyes in Jesus' name. There, that anointing's coming on you right now. Just as I'm talking, that anointing's coming on you. Amen. Le suprebeda. Some of y'all can catch the overflow in the name of Jesus. The Lord told me this. He told me to tell you that. I've never said, I don't think I've ever said this to anyone. He says, you're going to know when to, when to lay hands on people. The Lord says, when your hands begin, begin to get hot and tingly. You're going to feel the anointing. You're going to feel the anointing. And you're going to know you need to lay hands. Now, listen, if you're ever here. In these, in these meetings we have, if you're ever here and that happens, I'm, I give you permission to stand up, come and stand with me and put your hands on whoever it is that needs to have hands on. Because, because the Lord says he, he's jump-starting something in you. He's, it's, it's like he's hooked you up to, a, what do they call it? Jumper cables. And he's empowering you. Amen. Now, I've never made that statement to anybody. And I know some people here at our church are like, Pastor Zig, we've been here 20, 10 years. Boy, we did uh, this sister's been here 10 weeks and she, or whatever it's been, I, I'm a few weeks. But I, but I hear God saying, you've been carrying this around. It has to be released. It's, good, it's just going to jumpstart something. It won't always be that way. It's like, it's like I said, sometimes the Lord does these things and he does it one time, two times, a few times. But we can't just, just say, well, you know, that gives me carte blanche to do whatever. I, no, we, we won't be led by the spirit, but he's going to lead you and you're going to sense his presence. And when you do, you, you need to act. You need to be obedient. And it's, it's going it's to happen when you... I'm going to be ministering to somebody, and that's, it's, that's what's going to happen. I'll be ministering to somebody, and the Lord's going to say, it's going to be like uh, Star Wars, a lightsaber. You'll be like, all right, I'm going to go. Amen. You will lay hand. And God's going to do it. Amen. Thank God. All right. Listen, I need to turn you all loose. Um, hey, 5 o'clock, Shawnee, join us. If you... Uh, 
I'm sure there's going to be much, much more. Amen. Father, thank you for all that you've said and done. Lord, as we go from this place, go with us. We're so grateful for all that you've said and done here today. Uh, we, we praise you, Father. Bless the offering. Bless the gifts. Bless the giver, givers of the gifts. And God, I pray that your people will overflow with abundant blessing and harvest uh, because of their obedience to you. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Lord. Everybody that believed it said amen.